Welcome to this week's episode of Inside Eagle News, where we will dive into everything FGCU. If this is your first time listening, I'm Tori, Eagle Media's Executive Editor. And I'm Abby, the Eagle News Editor-in-Chief. As usual, we have a lot of news to talk about since our last show. It's always a busy time for the team here at Eagle News. Addie was unable to join us for this episode, but she'll be back for next episode. This week, we welcome our seventh guest, Jessica Pylan, Eagle News photo editor. Jessica is a senior majoring in political science and minoring in global studies and has been with Eagle News since spring of 2022. To start the conversation, we're going to ask Jessica a few questions about her journalism experience. Well, Jessica, welcome on the podcast. Um, We were kind of discussing before we started recording that one year ago today, um, you were a guest on the Inside Eagle News live show, which is crazy. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. But I'm so happy to be back. We've been trying to get Jessica on it, but schedules have just not been working out. So we're happy to have her. Um, so first question we wanted to ask you was, how did you get into taking photos and like who has inspired you? I would say I was always interested in photography growing up. Um, but it can be hard to learn, so whenever, whenever I tried to learn, I just would like get frustrated and give up. Um, but then my senior year of high school, that was when film photography was like making its comeback, and I was like, oh, this is so cool and like trendy, and that's how I learned was um, film photography, 35 millimeter film, and like I just fell in love, and then I was able to transfer like what I learned there on a film camera to a digital camera, and here we are today. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of different inspirations from a lot of different areas of photography. Um, Starting out, I was really into music photography. Um, Harry Benson, who was the Beatles, uh, like photographer, he would follow them around. He was also a great photojournalist. He was one of the first inspirations. Um, But I'm also super inspired by people here that I know. Um, like the university photographer James Greco he's a great teacher and a great boss and he's so talented and every time I see his work it inspires me to do more and like try to be better so do you still um, shoot photos on film or not so much anymore not so much anymore that's just like for hobbies and mostly like when I go on vacations and stuff like that but it is nice to like slow down you really like have to take your time and it's also very expensive so Mm -hmm. I'm not just clicking away wasting (laughs) my film exposures yeah that's crazy usually you don't hear it go that way usually people get into film after because it's harder right oh yeah for sure um because a digital camera you can click and then you see it immediately and like Mm -hmm. you can figure out what you need to fix if it looks good or bad film You're just going off on, like, what you know, how to set your settings and the little meter inside. So, yeah, it's a lot harder, but it's Mm. very fun and rewarding, I think. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, So what has it been like being Eagle News photo editor for two years now? It has been so fun. I'm so thankful that I reached out and like decided to put myself out there when I transferred here to FGCU Um, because like when I transferred I knew I wanted to grow my photography get more serious about it and Eagle Media was the perfect place to do that Um, I wouldn't be here like where I am today without Eagle News Um, I've been able to see so many things on campus. I'm way more involved than I know I would 
be if I wasn't in Eagle News. Um, it's just so much fun. And I love working with everyone at Eagle News and Eagle Media. Everyone's great. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this earlier. You have worked under three editor-in-chiefs at this point. Like, not a lot of people get to say that. Yeah. I do think I have, like, a little bit of a longer run as a photo editor or just, like, an editor in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been three people. That's Sabrina, your favorite. Just kidding. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I thought you said Tori no. I'm was just your listing favorite. them in order. <laughs> oh my I'm just gosh! Kidding. Don't tell us your favorite, but after. Talk. Okay. It's a <laughs> but yeah, that's just that's so crazy. I, yeah, but it's definitely been a long time. Um, so kind of going off of that, when you joined Eagle News, I remember you were pretty much the only photographer on staff. So how did you grow that portion of Eagle News? Yeah, I also got really lucky coming in because. Um, the previous photo editor had graduated and I guess you guys went like that fall really without a photographer. I heard it was a lot of like iPhone pictures happening. Um, Yeah, so I just got really lucky that like there was this opportunity for me in the spring when I came. Um, And it was hard to be the one that everyone relied on for pictures, Um, but our our staff did really great at tabling events. We got a lot of interest uh, from people there wanting to do photography. So I just really, you know, reached out to everyone that was interested and tried to get them involved quickly, gave them opportunities. And, you know, some people drift away. That's okay. Maybe it's not for them, but uh, we're really lucky to have a good group of photographers that have stuck with it and I can rely on them to get shots for us when we need it. Yeah and kind of going off of that how has photos of the week been going? I know that kind of started like around this time last year so has it kind of just... Yeah I want to say it was like the week leading up to Thanksgiving break last year Um, and it was really hard at first because I was still the as a photo editor, you know, the main photographer. And I only had like one or two people that I could like try and get pictures from. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was another thing that I worked on building up and really emphasizing that like, this is such a cool idea and concept to show people what life is like at FGCU as a student. And it's also such a good opportunity for them to practice and like get their photos out there. Um, Yeah. Every week in the meetings, I hound people, (laughs) send me your photos, please. (laughs) I think that people have started to realize that, like, it's okay to send in, like, their iPhone photos, too. Like, I know I'm not a professional photographer whatsoever, but, you know, I I try to stick my photo in. Mm -hmm. And you get a little rush, too, when Jessica chooses your photo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's like, oh, my gosh. I made it. You both send in good photos every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while. Well, you know, like every sometimes few weeks. Good, sometimes they're not. I get no, it. Oh, you like <laughs> submit every few weeks. I'm always grateful. Kevin. I was just going to say, Kevin Rollins, at the beginning of the year in the fall, he was sending and stuff. And they were iPhone pictures. And he would like try to zoom in really far, like on an animal. <laughs> so I did have to like give him some <laughs> tips and stuff. But yeah, just a few weeks ago, I was like, Kevin you've gotten so good at taking photos. Like, I'm super proud of you. So even if you're not a photographer and you're just taking pictures on your iPhone, it's a great opportunity just to 
get better at iPhone photography. Aw. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what kind of events on campus are your favorite to photograph? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, I'd have to say I'm partial to um, the athletics and, like, the games and stuff, of course. But, I mean, I don't know. I kind of love anything that's, like, a little bit more niche, like something you're not going to see every day or, like, that often on campus. Um, I got to cover both rounds of the presidential search when we were looking for FGCU's fifth president. And those were so interesting to shoot, especially um, the like the board meetings that day that President Timur was selected. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just so much energy and tension and like hope and fear in that room. And you just get to be like a fly on the wall and you're like observing. Um, you're trying to capture all of the emotions that are swirling around in the room and you're trying to be a storyteller. And in a situation like that, there's not a lot of movement, like excitement in that sense. So you have to think, how can I get creative to convey what's going on? What are these people feeling? What is the energy like in the room? I love that kind of stuff. I also loved um, any kind of like protest or Mm. like Mm -hmm. stuff like that on Mm -hmm. campus because that's there's a lot of energy there and there's a lot of movement and it's very explosive sometimes that's really fun to capture yeah I remember when I covered um when Governor DeSantis came to campus I remember those photos were like crazy those are still some of my favorite photos that you've taken for us yeah yeah that was that was a lot yeah. It was, but it was so exciting. It almost felt like we were on like a battlefield at some <laughs> points. Like people were yelling at each other. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was crazy. We were like making sure not to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to get arrested for anything. <laughs> yeah, kind of going back to like your first um, thought for athletics. Like, what are your favorite sports to photograph? Oh, hands down, basketball. <laughs> I love basketball. And kind of in the same uh, sense of, like, the events. There's just so much energy in Aliko Arena during basketball games. It's so fun. Um, It's also indoors, which that's a perk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't get, you know, lightning delays, weather delays, anything like that. You don't get sunburnt. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, no. I got so sunburnt during soccer. It was so bad. I, I love soccer, too. Do you photograph golf at all? I have this semester. We don't go to their tournaments because they're mostly out of the area. Okay. Um, But for my internship in the marketing department, I've gone to some of their practices and you get photos to for social media, kind of make it look like they're playing Mm -hmm. a game. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's really cool. Um, kind of going off of that again, so like you mentioned, you work for athletics and then you're also doing an internship. So can you tell us a little bit about both of those things and then also how you managed to balance all of that on top of being a student and on top of being photo editor for Eagle News? It's a lot. <laughs> I don't know how I do it some days, but 
you know, we get through it. Uh, for athletics, I'm a staff photographer, so I cover games. Sometimes I cover uh, events for them, like the Hall of Fame, or I covered the baseball alumni weekend. They had an alumni game, and Chris Sale was there, and um, a baseball player that was being inducted into the Hall of Fame that week was also there, and it was great to just see, like, Coach Toe with all his former players. It looked like a really big family reunion, which was so nice. Um, but shooting the sports or like the actual games are my favorite part of working for athletics. And then my internship, I'm a marketing photographer under University Marketing and Communications. And that's really interesting because it's so different than anything I do for Eagle News or for athletics. I'm in the studio and setting up headshots or like really like pose shots that you would do in a studio with like lots of lighting and stuff like that um or we're outside and we're on location and um I'm working with my boss James Greco and he's photographing but I'm standing like holding lights for him stuff like that um I'll have a shoot tomorrow for FGCU 360 uh that I'm pretty excited about I don't know if I can say what it is but uh, you know, just that's a little bit more similar to Eagle News, doing it for a story. But I've just been so lucky. I get this, like, super broad range of photography styles that I've been able to work on and, like, you get better at during my time here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually have an off-script question, but is it hard, like... For Eagle News, every single photo gets your name on it. But when you work for UMC, it's are your photos just like kind of going in with all the other photos that the university has? And then if they use them, are you getting credit? Or is it all just kind of like under the big umbrella of university marketing? Um, so for university marketing and athletics, the photo storage site that we use we like each photographer uploads their photos individually and you put them in a gallery with your name on them mm-hmm. so they do know who the photographer is um and for marketing photos that are used with uh fgcu 360 either in the print or online stories uh they give photo credit so that is nice um athletics there is no mm-hmm. photo credit most of the time but that's okay. There's actually a really cool site called Gondola, and you're able to upload a link to a social media post and then say that you were a contributor in some way. Mm. So I do that, and I say I'm a photographer. So that's a really great way to track those, even when you're not getting like the photo by or mm-hmm. a tag in the picture. That yeah. is really cool. I know when I see the pictures from athletics, I'm like, what are the chances that Jessica took this? Probably very high, <laughs> honestly. My mom, all the time, she'll, like, pull up, you know, like, women's basketball Facebook, and she'll scroll through and be like, is that your picture? Did you take this? Aww. Or she'll send it to me. And, Did you take this? This is really good. That's so funny. Aw. That's so sweet. All right, so what are you thinking you'll do after you graduate? Oh, boy. That's – it's still very much up in the air. You know, I definitely know I want to go into photography, but in sports photography, like right out the gate, because mm-hmm. it's so demanding with your time and your energy and physically. Um, so, you know, gotta do that while I'm young, you know? <laughs> uh, but there's not like 
a plethora of sports photography jobs out there, mm. at least like set jobs. Um, you know, there's always freelance, but that's very wishy-washy. You mm-hmm, never know when mm-hmm. your next job is going to come. So it's kind of just going to be see what's out there after I graduate. Um, I may do my master's, even though I'm like, eh, I don't know how much longer I want to be in school for. Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of want to just be done and work. But like the NBA and big companies like that, sports companies or even um, universities offer graduate assistant positions. So I could work for a university's athletics department or I could work for the NBA while getting my master's. And then that, you know, helps afterwards when you're looking for like a real full-time job mm-hmm. to already have an in with whatever place, you know, you're at. So um, just trying to, I'm starting to think about it. Got to mm-hmm. start weighing the options. So you are a political science major. So I know that we've had this like talk before, but are you still thinking about like doing like political photography, like for, I don't even know what the word is, like for the state, for the government, like DC, like all that has photography, you know? Yeah, that's still very much on my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can go a couple different directions in that area like I could be a staff photographer for like someone running for office or someone like currently in office which would be fun but Mm -hmm. um I could also work for like the Associated Press or like a big news organization and be dedicated to politics I know they have those positions Mm -hmm. I think that would be fun too so I mean so many options. Yeah, you. <laughs> you like, oh gosh, I don't know which way to go, but the options are infinite at this point. You're just you have a lot of experience and you have a lot of talent, so you'll be just fine. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um. All right. So thanks for coming on this episode, Jessica. And we're gonna recap some of the things we've covered since our last episode, and then if you want to jump in and just talk about anything, um, then go ahead. All right. So like we've done in past episodes, I wanted to talk about a few incident reports from last week's UPD press release. So here are some of the incidents that we wrote about. All right. On February 1st, an officer was requested outside of Biscayne Hall in South Village to handle a group of males with a sign stating, ban women from driving club coming soon. Unit 39 advised that the subjects left the area. Officers met with the complainant, who stated that the subjects had a sign posted in the lawn area outside of Biscayne Hall. Student engagement was contacted, and it was confirmed there is not a club request or approval for the group. What? I think they're trying to ban women from the driving club. Driving club, I guess. I don't think there is a driving club. Is there? There's I know a there's a car club. club. I took that as, like, they think women are bad drivers. Right. And you know, just, like, get them off the road. It could mean anything. <laughs> These are so, like, what a wild thing. Oh, they want to start a club, ban women from driving. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was, like, ban women from this specific club. 
ban mm-hmm. women from driving club. When oh, you first read it, I was thinking the car club. That yeah. makes so much sense. Then, Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> oh my gosh. That okay. So they just don't want women to drive at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's and they want to start a club to prevent it. Well, you know what? Wow. How do we feel about that? Terrible. <laughs> Let's ban men from driving, honestly. Every time I've almost gotten in an accident, it was a man, just saying. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I never have gotten in an accident, though, so. Like, what a crazy thing that you're thinking about this so much. You're putting so much time and energy into it. I've also never met a man who has not been in an accident. <laughs> I've never man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I've never been in one. Men. Don't always, know. <laughs> always they're in accidents. Yeah, that's just now that I actually understand like what they're saying. I, that's I wild. Just, okay, so then they go and confirm that there's not a club request or approval for the group. But like, what if they actually did try to get it as a club? Like, do you think the university would let them? No, probably not. Can we also talk about how this is out of Biscayne Hall? This is Sovi. These are freshmen. True. Yeah. True. They're young little freshman boys. There's probably a dare. Their brains aren't even fully developed. Oh no. I wonder if it was a dare though. I wonder if it was that or if there was like an incident. Like someone got in an mm. accident or something and then they were all really mad about it. That's true. That's so funny. So funny. Oh my gosh. All right, on to the next um, incident. A complainant requested to seek to speak with an officer regarding an incident in a classroom in Marriott Hall on February 1st. The officer noted that units 39 and 52 spoke with the complainant and said the assistant to a dean and a professor had filed a complaint about three students asking to do a presentation of a new club on campus. The professor allowed the students to give a presentation, however, as the presentation began, the professor found it inappropriate and kicked the three students out of her class. One of the individuals left their phone in the classroom which the complainant brought to UPD. It was explained to the complainant that the PowerPoint presentation did not break any laws that required police action. The complainant was advised to have the professor speak with the dean of her department for further assistance with individuals in her class who are not registered. For sure, this is banned women from driving club. Yeah, it happened on the same day. It happened on the same day. I'm sure that they had this problem. You think? I mean, okay, I don't know the facts. Let me just say that. I don't know for sure. I don't know who these people are. But please, the fact that this happened. That's true, and honestly. Then later or the same, at some point that same day, these people were found outside with signs. Yeah, that's, that's so honestly, funny. probably, or there just could be some other random kids trying to create a inappropriate club. I guess. It's like, also, like, kind of strange, the professor. You know, they went to the professor, like, oh, can we talk about our club? What did they say it was? Yeah. What other clubs are people trying to start on this campus if it's not ban women from driving club? <laughs> I don't Some know. other, something is wrong. Oh, boy. That is so weird. Uh, and the professor did no, like, oversight into, like, what are these people actually going to be promoting in my classroom today? Why does she call UPD though? Like, what what <laughs> are they gonna do? I guess she was returning the cell phone. I but guess still. But this person just requested to speak with an officer regarding. Oh, the true. Filed a complaint. Hmm. So I don't know. And maybe this is they an assistant compl- dean. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's really funny. 
All right, let's move on. The same day. These these all <laughs> happen on the same day. A lot of action for February 1st. <laughs> a complainant came into UPD on February 1st asking to speak with an officer. He stated that he is being threatened by a girl's mother who he was trying to pursue a romantic relationship with. The mom made statements threatening to slash the complainant's tires. No crime has been committed. The complainant blocked both the subject's numbers and social media. The mother does not know where he lives on campus or what type of vehicle he drives. Okay, when I first read this, I was like, literally, this is crazy. This is wild. Can you imagine your mother? You're trying to, there's someone that's like trying to date you, okay? And you tell your mom and she's like, I'm going to slash his tires. Give me his number so I can tell him that. Yeah, like I wonder what made her so need to do this. Yeah, what upset her? Well, maybe the guy did something. Yeah. No, true. And then like the girl's like crying on the phone with her mom and her mom's like, I'm going to slash his tires. Yeah. But now he, she had to have said it to him. The mother true, must have. True. I don't know. I that's just a whole like there's a lot of layers to that probably. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, I would like to say something. Why do you have to go to UPD just for them to tell you to block them? Like you should have already blocked this person's number and social media before going to UPD. Well, maybe he was scared. Scared to I don't block know. them? It doesn't take much for me to like block someone's number in the sense that like if it's a spam that keeps calling or like or someone threatening I went to me. a car dealership one time True, someone was threatening me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um. yeah like the car dealership kept calling and i was like over it block block good didn't think twice that is so funny yeah so if someone's threatening me block i'm gonna find any way to block them like i think like don't get in contact if that happened to me i would block them and then i would file a report like just Mm -hmm. in case someone does slash my tires we know who it is oh yeah because like that is a threat no true true like Like, it should be taken seriously that's so crazy my gosh okay moving on to the next topic um so the fgcu board of trustees has elected new officers for the 2024-2026 term, and according to an email sent out by Director of Border Relations and Associate Corporate Secretary Tiffany Reynolds, these officers began their terms on February 1st. A lot is going on on February 1st. A lot. Oh my gosh, you're right. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, sorry, move on. No, so I wrote this um, brief. It was a really short story. Um, and even though the board of trustees seems a little seems a little daunting to me sometimes, I told Abby that I would do it. Um, it just gets very confusing trying to keep up with all the board members and their terms and like everything that's going on. It's just like a lot for me to comprehend. So I ended up emailing um, Pamela McCabe, um, coordinator of university communications and media relations, and asking her a few clarifying questions because. You know, we don't want to publish something that's wrong and have to update it. So the answers that I got um, are that Michael Wynn now serves as the board's chair, replacing Blake Gable. And Wynn was appointed to the BOT on March 25th, 2022, and his term ends on January 6th, 2026. And McCabe told me that Gable will serve as a university trustee until he's either replaced by the governor or resigns from the position and at this point neither has occurred which doesn't mean that that is going to happen yeah i would just like to clarify right he could 
serve on the it just means board. he can be there forever Which as is, long as he wants but why doesn't he have a term limit like don't all of them have term limits uh, excellent question yeah i was wondering the same thing i think it just depends on like what contract they sign and what they want to sign yeah it's extremely confusing to me because as far as i know like gable was the chair for a while maybe that's why but i don't know maybe he just does maybe he just wants to be on it for a while and like michael Wynn, who's only doing maybe. it for four years maybe he's like i i want to cut off dates so that it doesn't so that i don't have to resign because maybe true. he knows that mm. that would look it would look different you know that's true um and then for the vice chair um richard id is serving as the vice chair and he replaced edward morton and id is on his second term as a trustee and his appointment will end on january 6 2028 so he's there hmm. longer yeah also a different term length yeah, yeah. that's strange yeah that, see it's I just also confusing to me it is very confusing. I don't know if it's like the different positions, but then you yeah. would think that for the chair, if that's like a whatever two-year term, yeah, then Gable like just automatically didn't have that. You know, yeah. I don't. Know. I don't understand. I, it I don't even. It, every time I think I know, I don't. It's probably a question <laughs> that we should ask. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that was published on the website. And then next topic, um, this year's student government debate is coming up and Abby and I will be moderating it. So that's exciting. The debate is taking place on Thursday, February 22nd. So here is some information on the presidential tickets, the candidates who are running. Um, The first ticket is Justin Conklin and Kat Gonzalez. Conklin is majoring in communication and Gonzalez is majoring in criminal justice. Um, And then the second ticket is Ryan Kaczynski and Jackson Chumley. Kaczynski is majoring in accounting and Chumley is majoring in economics. And I know most of these names from student government. I covered student government last year and I'm still kind of half doing it this semester. And Justin Conklin is not in student government, but he is president of the RHA right now. So, which is basically the student government of housing. Mm-hmm. And Kat Gonzalez is currently on um, the student government executive cabinet as, oh, I know this, student outreach chair, director of student outreach. Okay. And then, Jackson Chumley. He I was think I know. on the appropriations committee for sure. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Ryan Kaczynski, I also know that name. He was also on the appropriations committee. I think he was the vice. Well, it doesn't matter what they were, but I do know all these names. So it's kind of nice to see that people who are already in SG are mm-hmm. the ones running because it'd be... In interesting, not necessarily good or bad, but just interesting if we saw someone run for president who has never been involved in student government. Yeah, so like I said, we'll be moderating that debate. Um, I guess it's not really a debate. It's more of like a yeah, so town hall Well, I did a story on this last year because it used to be a debate. Mm-hmm. But the supervisor of elections, Owen Rhodes, last year 
changed it to a town hall rather than a rather than a debate. So who knows what the supervisor of elections will do this year? Yeah, honestly, it's up to them. it it could be a debate again. We are still trying to hammer out all the details with this year's um, supervisor of elections, so we're not completely sure what's going to be happening. But mm-hmm. either way, you should come out um, to support. The, to the town hall slash debate because it's it's gonna be it's fun i will well well it's it, it, you can get into it for sure I and i i could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure that the hour before the debate or at some other point next week i won't even say before the debate but some at some point next week there's going to be a meet and greet with all the senators running because the student government elections are not just president and vice president the senators also have to run the treasurer also has to run, except that there are no treasurer candidates right now. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, well, at least they're not up on the Eagle Link, which I was told by the supervisor of elections was up to date. Hmm. So, that's not gonna sure be a what they're going to do about that. Because that's supposed to be a ticket that gets elected, or a position that gets elected. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Not just appointed. That's going to be a real issue. If you're listening and want to be treasurer, <laughs> yeah, it's right. an opportunity. To oh, but they're going to have to fill it. They would have to they do have like to a fill it. special so, election then. So last year, student body president Emery Cabin, the vice president that he ran with on his ticket dropped out after they were elected. And they had to handle that. So I'm assuming that it'll be a similar process to that where the the whoever gets elected as president will then have to just appoint someone and bring them before senate and get them approved but then do it themselves mm. instead of them being elected and voted voted for yeah mm. i would assume that's how they're gonna do it i don't know i guess we'll see i guess we'll see um okay so that'll be interesting mm-hmm. um and then similar to some past episodes i wanted us to think about some things regarding the journalism industry so i only have one question today and then we can discuss so since we have Jessica on here, I wanted to talk about what impact we think photos have on stories and just journalism in general. Like what, how do photos change like how someone perceives a story? Oh, I think it can totally change um, how someone perceives a story. I mean, it's so cliche, but a picture is worth a thousand words. And um, I sometimes, I think visuals are just way more impactful than writing and especially in today's age everyone has such a short attention span you're Mm -hmm. just scrolling you're not really taking the time to stop and read or most people on social media at least um you know you're just scrolling and you see a picture so if an article can have a photo that's going to grab your attention and then you know get the draw in the person to read um you know, whatever the piece is, like that's super beneficial to the journalist, but also just getting, you know, people getting knowledge yeah, mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yeah, I think similar to basically what you just said, like people don't always want to read. So similar to the way that television is more popular than reading stories, photos are going to be something that draws readers in mm-hmm. just because... They might not. And I also think that it can, like, you know, give more insight into the story itself. Like, Definitely. Your mental picture of whatever you're reading is not going to be as accurate as if you can actually look and see what was happening. Mm-hmm. I 
think that's true um unfortunately for a lot of like the worst things that journalists have to cover uh, especially like when it comes to war and stuff Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you can read about what's going on places but then at least for me it really doesn't hit until i see photos of what's going on or if there's you know some sort of tragedy Mm -hmm. in the united states even yeah i definitely agree with the things that both of you said and i know like in eagle news it's very we put such an emphasis on having to have a photo like when stories go up like where where's the photo because (laughs) because no one wants to look at a store that doesn't have a photo because it doesn't give you any context you don't know what's going on it's just not as visually appealing um and i think that's just something that like the journalists today like young journalists just kind of have to go with the flow with because I mean, Abby and I have had several conversations about this, about how people in our generation just, like, don't want to read. They they just don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. Um, so that's why photos are just so important. Um, and that's why having a photo editor is just so important <laughs> for us. Yeah. Because it's not just, like, we don't just want, like, an iPhone photo, like, slapped on the page. We want, like, a good quality photo. Mm-hmm. And... Journalism is definitely evolving in some aspect. Um, I was able to meet Andrew West from the news press. He's been like their photographer for like over 20 years. He's incredible. Um, And he said that there's a lot of times that they're not having someone like a reporter, a journalist go out with him or make like write a piece on something it's just photos Hmm. he's going to some event or you know some place where something occurred and he said he's having to write a lot more um for captions wow so it's you know their reporting is just photos and the captions for some of these stories now Hmm. honestly i kind of like that i mean you don't get as much information like technical information about Mm -hmm. things you know what i mean but People still need to see what's happening, even if they don't get a 1,500-word article with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed it with, like, um, sometimes he shoots basketball games, and sometimes I'll look at the news press, and there's not necessarily an article about the game and, like, how it went. It's just a gallery of photos. Hmm. Interesting. Mm Kind of like photos of the week. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They're copying us. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, for real, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as usual, follow Eagle News on Instagram at Eagle News and follow Inside Eagle News on Instagram at Inside Eagle News to stay up to date with the latest campus news. That's all we have for today. Make sure to tune in on Monday, March 4th, for our next show to hear about what's been going on inside Eagle News. This is Tori Foltz. This is Abby Muth. And this has been Inside Eagle News.